1: So welcome back into Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Thursday afternoon, as I am recording this at 4 p.m.-ish. Uh, after the Nuggets. Kind of close-up shop on the NBA trade deadline. They don't make any moves. Not really surprised. I thought that this was more it was more likely than not that they would make moves. Uh, but there was always a chance that they wouldn't. There's always a chance that deals fall through from Denver's side, from the other side. You can just never tell with these things. That's not to say that they didn't try. Uh, It's pretty clear that the Nuggets were pretty active when it comes to the trade deadline this year. Uh, In lead-ups to the deadline today, Denver was really exploring the idea of a backup center. They were really exploring the idea of of a backup wing, somebody who could play next to Jamal Murray, Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon, Nicole Jokic when those guys uh, need a little bit more of a defensive guy than a Will Barton, than a Monte Morris, etc. Uh, somebody to fill the P.J. Dozier role. That didn't ultimately come to pass. The players that would have been available for Denver, they were priced out of what Denver's price range was. And I think it comes down to the the limited assets that the Nuggets actually had to give. They didn't have uh, the choice between uh, a whole bunch of young players this time. It was either uh, Bones, it was Zeke, or it was a 2027 20, first-round pick. And with Bones and Zeke playing pretty well and kind of becoming mainstays in the rotation right now, it's hard to move those guys. It's really, really difficult because... Let's say you move Bones, you're putting Faku back into the, the backup situation and, and maybe some of the problems that you had been facing earlier in the season, maybe they come to pass again. Uh, but it is pretty clear that Denver did try. They were rumored for Jalen Smith from Jake Fisher. Uh, they were rumored for a variety of other folks. I had posited the idea of Alex Len, Nerlens Noel. Uh, ultimately, those deals didn't come to pass either. And it is what it is. Like, Faku was being shopped. Jamichael Green was being shopped. It's pretty clear that none of the teams that were in the ballpark of what Denver's offers were were that interested in Faku, were that interested in Jamichael. I thought that there might have been a little bit more interest in those guys, kind of at the At the start of this thing, but as it turns out, most of the teams, rather than play a backup point guard, uh, like Faku, who they don't really have much investment in, they'd rather try to use a young guy. Or with Jermichael Green, they'd rather have that traditional rim roller. And it's not surprising. It's the reason why Denver has kind of gone away from those guys a little bit, they needed something more traditional. They needed something more kind of modern with how they were going to, well, modern from the point guard position, but, but more traditional from the, the center position. Somebody with size, somebody with rebounding. It's one of the reasons why Monte Moore, or not not a Monte, uh, DeMarcus Cousins has been such a big deal for the Nuggets so far. Uh, but it is true that everything kind of fell through. I feel bad for a variety of people. I feel bad for Vaku. Because I think that he's in a situation now where unless he is uh, coming back in to be the backup point guard, I, I doubt that he's going to see much of the floor again this season. There just is too much smoke about the Nuggets wanting to commit to Bones and getting him ready for not just this year, but next year. And there's a lot of that around Denver. It's why Zeke has been such a big deal. It's why Bones has been such a big deal. That this team, there are so many players kind of on the back end of the roster that are expiring. You've got Faku, You've got uh, Austin Rivers, Lacco, Chanchar, Bryn Forbes. You have Jemichael Green with a player option. Jeff Green with a player option. There's no traditional backup center unless you want to count Cousins on a, on a 10-day. So... Denver having young players that are under contract for a long time as their starting lineup kind of gets back into place is a really big deal. And that's why when you've got the starting five that Denver has of Murray, Barton, Porter, Gordon, Jokic, you've got Monte Morris as your sixth man, and you've got Bones and Zeke as kind of your other two main bench options going forward. And Denver didn't want to go away from that. They didn't want to trade those guys for a more win-now move. And if they weren't going to trade those guys, then they'd have to give up a 2027 first-rounder. And from what I understand, teams just weren't really super enthused about that. Think of the Josh Richardson plus a 2022 first-round pick for Derek White. Like Denver didn't have a 2022 first-round pick to give up. They have another one that's five years down the line that the current GM of those other teams may not ever get to use. They have to feel very comfortable about a situation like that. And I just don't think a lot of teams were. So Denver stands pat. They feel pretty good about their current situation. I would be a little bit disappointed if I were a Nuggets fan, and I am, like not going to hide that. Uh, I'm a little bit disappointed in the process. I think that there were some things in the offseason that you could really foresee being an issue, and the backup center position was definitely one of them, and the backup wing position was definitely one of them. I always thought that if you've got Will Barton and P.J. Dozier as really your only two wings, because I consider Michael Porter a forward— uh, Aaron Gordon, a forward. Denver just didn't have a lot of positional versatility. And you could see those two guys in Barton and Dozier being very, very important. And it's pretty clear that they've they've lost some of that flexibility with the loss of P.J. Dozier for the season, obviously. He then got traded for Bryn Forbes, but Forbes is a guard. He's not a wing. He's definitely not somebody who's going to help out on the defensive end. So Denver's really downgraded on their defensive rotation, and that's one thing that I look at, that if this team is, if they're confident that Jamal Murray and Michael Porter are coming back, which I think that they should be, I think kind of see around some of the, the games that Michael Malone is playing with, oh, I don't know when these guys are going to be back. I don't want to rush them to be back. I still think they're going to be back. And I still think that if you feel like those guys are going to be back, then you want to put all your cards on the table if you can. So it's tough that Denver wasn't able to make a move. They weren't able to kind of solidify some of those issues. I think if I were them, the buyout market is something that you have to heavily consider because you signed DeMarcus Cousins for a 10 day, right? Well, it's only a 10 day. It's not a full guaranteed contract and the Nuggets at this stage, they want to still keep their options open on the buyout market. There are enough players that are in line for a buyout, like Gary Harris, Robin Lopez, Tristan Thompson. Uh, You can add DeAndre Bembry to that list from the Brooklyn Nets. He's a really solid defensive wing. There's a lot of guys that I think you can point to and say, oh yeah, uh, we feel like this player could be helpful for a playoff run and if that's the case then you might want to create that flexibility if you can i don't know if that's the only move that denver makes if that's just a a demarcus cousins for a buyout guy swap if that's what they would do but i think that that's on the card that's in the cards it's on the table and i do think that though it does seem like the nuggets are stagnant right now. They're still going to work to try to find the best possible solution. And hypothetically, Gary Harris would be a pretty good solution. There aren't that many players in the entire NBA that would be a better fit for the Nuggets and what they need right now than Gary Harris, which is kind of nuts because you have to trade him away in a deal this offseason or last year at the deadline and Now you look at him and he's shooting 39% from three. He's really bounced back on that end. The defense for him has definitely slipped while he's been in Orlando, but I do think that he's somebody that can lock back in on that end, especially if it's for a short period of time. And Denver has such a familiarity with him, right? That if you are looking for players that can ramp up quickly, Gary Harris is probably the quickest possible option to do so. Like you might need a little bit of time for Robin Lopez and Tristan Thompson to get adjusted to their roles, DeAndre Bembry, or or anybody else that you bring in. Gary Harris, you can immediately throw out there, and just tell him to run some DHOs or space the floor, and then guard the opposing team's guy, and then tag the role man. That's that's all you got to do, and he will be in a pretty good position, where. If he is bought out, then there are going to be a lot of teams that are on his list. I have to imagine that the Lakers would be on his list, that the Brooklyn Nets would be on his list, but I do think the Nuggets have a fighting chance in that. And If they have an open roster spot, if they have some flexibility under the luxury tax to give a nice, solid contract offer, then they should absolutely go for it because the guards in the Western Conference are just not going to get easier to defend. You need to have options. You need to have multiple players who can do it. It can't just be one guy. And Aaron Gordon, already showcasing some wear and tear with that hamstring injury, you don't want him guarding and chasing around guards for 40 minutes a night. It's a terrible idea. Give him some options. Give Michael Malone some options. Gary Harris, that's somebody that he would trust for sure. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the rotation, what's going on with the rotation given all of the moves that have been made and what to think going forward. But first, this podcast, as you know, it's brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. They're giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either the Bengals or the Rams in this year's Super Bowl, where you bet just $5, You get back $280 in free bets if your team wins. That is a great deal, a fantastic deal, if you are a new user. If not, then you can still bet on Super Bowl 56 over at DraftKings with some of the props that they've offered, where they have a wide-ranging variety of props for the big game. Take your shot, winning some cash by predicting the props like a non-quarterback who will throw a pass, a fourth down conversion, total yardage. Etc. There's there's just so many options with the prop game that I think that you'll you'll be pretty happy over at DraftKings Sportsbook if that's something that you want to do, and I think that you should. So make sure that if you go over there, if you like to do what you do, then make sure to use promo code MHS where you get those fifty six to one odds, bet those five dollars on one of those teams, get two hundred and eighty dollars back. What a great deal! That's promo code MHS. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Back at it, Pickaxe and Roll. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you could, it would be awesome if you could rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Give me your feedback. Give me what you want to hear. Uh, let me know how I can improve what you like about the show. And if I can make it even better, if possible, then I absolutely will do my best to make the show what I possibly can. So thank you so much for all your support. All right, trade deadline done. Looks like this is going to be the Nuggets team for a while, and I have to imagine that there are some Nuggets fans that are relieved that Denver didn't kind of shift and rock the boat, and there are some Nuggets fans that are a little bit upset, but I want to kind of focus on the good here and focus on a rotation that was really, really strong in last week's game, not last week, uh, just last game against the New York Knicks and a lot of teams that the Nuggets have faced over the course of these last couple weeks. The starters will continue to be Monte Morris, Will Barton, Aaron Gordon, Jeff Green, Nicole Jokic. It's been one of the best lineups in the NBA. Those guys, when they play together, are a very, very good unit. They know how to operate. They know how to play. And I'm glad to see that they didn't touch that group. Because I, I think that there are a lot of people that were hoping for uh, a Will Barton upgrade, that were hoping for maybe Jeff Green to, to be upgraded upon. Uh, they didn't need to do that. Because this group, when when they play together and when they play solid, like like there's just very few teams that are actually better than them. I saw a stat uh, that when, when teams have... The majority of their starters on the floor, which is at least three starters, and which usually includes Jokic for the most part. The Nuggets have a net rating that is fourth in the NBA behind the Milwaukee Bucks, the Phoenix Suns, and the Golden State Warriors. That is a pretty good group to be a part of. And obviously, the bench is the big reason why Denver isn't the Golden State Warriors or the Phoenix Suns or the Milwaukee Bucks, but. There wasn't there weren't really any major ways that they could upgrade the bench given that they would be trading a couple of pieces that would have been like that have already been helpful for the bench like they probably would have had to part with Bones Highland or Zeke Naji in order to upgrade the bench unit and they just weren't willing to do that and I understand why. So the bench in this case will continue to be Bones Highland, Bryn Forbes, one of Austin Rivers or Davon Reed, Zeke Nagy, and one of Jermichael Green or DeMarcus Cousins. I think that that is a decent group depending on how Denver's playing at the time, depending on how Denver kind of manages those minutes. Uh, but with DeMarcus Cousins, like I said, there, there are 5-0 when he plays. And a lot of that was due to the opponents, but you can only play the teams that are in front of you. Or the teams that DeMarcus is healthy for. So if he is healthy. Then he's going to get some opportunities. I think over the course of the rest of this 10-day. That he just signed with Denver today. Or will plan on signing. He'll probably sign it tomorrow. uh, Just so he gets the maximum days. But the plan of course. Is to give him some runway. uh, Give him an opportunity to. Continue to earn his time. And play well. He hasn't played great. Since being in Denver. And I do think that there are definitely some issues. There are absolutely some issues. And if if you don't think that there are. Then I've got some real estate to sell you. But I do think that they've made tangible progress. That this Nuggets team. They know what they're doing. And with Bones Highland. And, De- and uh, Zeke Naji Continuing to improve. I think you have to be pretty honest with yourself. And say hey. Given that it's a pretty young group. For, for those guys specifically, there is a realistic chance that they continue to get better. It might not be a huge improvement. It might just be marginal. But every single minute that those guys get is going to continue to prepare them for a playoff run. Bryn Forbes, he knows what he's doing in the playoffs. He absolutely knows how to make an in- how to make an impact. And as the Nuggets continue to get familiar with his game, hopefully they'll find a way to emphasize his strengths, minimize his weaknesses, and continue to put him into a position to succeed. Uh, Davon Reed, Austin Rivers, uh, Davon's probably the better player right now. And I think that that's one other piece of drama that I think you could talk about between him and Austin Rivers is that Denver's actually been pretty good when Davon's been on the court with the bench unit. Rivers has been out there with the starters and he's played really well with the starters uh, so, I am very curious to see how Michael Malone handles that unit because I do think that Davon probably deserves the time more when he's with the bench. Uh, but between Jermichael Green and Demarcus Cousins, Denver can go smaller, they can go bigger. Uh, they have the flexibility to be able to do that at least for these 10 days. And I still think that this bench, it's possible that the changes happen. Like, Faku at the third string point guard, he could definitely be reinserted back into the rotation at some point if there's an injury or if some guy guy is struggling. Uh, Bones may or may not hit the rookie wall at some point, which means, hey, he's played more basketball than he's ever played before at a higher level than he's ever played before. So he may get tired. There's no doubt in my mind. So Faku might be back in the rotation at some point. Marcus Howard, Who kind of like a a B version of Bryn Forbes, I would say, he may be in the back of the rotation as well. If Bryn Forbes, let's say, misses some time with an injury or just an absence here or there, maybe they decide to give Marcus some run. And then the other three guys that are on the roster you've got Jamal Murray, Michael Porter, Vladko Chanchar. All three are recovering from surgeries, all three are still a ways away. And if there are buyouts, then the rotation may still change. Like I said, with the Jermichael Green, DeMarcus Cousins situation, I think there's a pretty decent chance that they could go get a Robin Lopez or somebody like that, or a Tristan Thompson. But they'll give DeMarcus Cousins the first shot, and we'll see where it goes from there. Gary Harris, like I said in the previous segment, another guy that Denver could absolutely be looking at, and I think that he'd be a pretty good fit with Bones uh, playing next to Bones Highland playing next to Bryn Forbes um, instead of Austin Rivers, instead of Davon Reed. Maybe they go with a three-guard lineup, but it's with Gary Harris at the three, and maybe that's okay. Maybe that's good enough. But we're just going to have to see. After the All-Star break, uh, Michael Malone is going to try to find his rotation. He's going to try to find the group that he can trust heading into the playoffs. Um, I think that that if I were Denver, I would start trying to solidify that rotation by the time March rolls around. Or you can play around with it a little bit up until then. But Denver still has to take advantage of the games that they do have. And uh, as Jamal Murray maybe comes closer to a return, as Michael Porter comes closer to a return – You have to start thinking about where those guys go as well because that could could really change things up drastically. But I do think the Nuggets can be on Murray watch. I think that that is definitely a possibility. And after the all-star break, I think that you can officially start being on Murray watch. I would be surprised if he came back during February. I'd be surprised if he came back during the first week of March now. I think that the timeline has definitely shifted a little bit and Denver is slow playing it. But as he hits his benchmarks, as he continues to do some contact drills, Michael Malone today said that he hadn't participated in any live drills and any live contact stuff. As he starts getting into those, then you can really start connecting the dots. Uh, it's usually about four to six weeks after you start contact, after you start three-on-three four-on-four, five-on-five, stuff like that, usually about a month. And maybe he needs less than that. Maybe he needs less time and feels pretty good. Uh, maybe he needs more time. And it's closer to April when he actually says that he's ready to go. But I do think he'll be ready to go this season. I think that he'll take some time to have the rust kick off of him. But as we saw with Clay Thompson over the course of these past couple of weeks, it may not be perfect. But Klay Thompson is still doing some Klay Thompson things that are pretty, pretty fun. Uh, let's just look up Klay Thompson's shooting numbers right now just to see uh, just to see where he's at. Yeah, Clay's 16.7 points per game and is shooting 37.8% from three. He's 100% from the free throw line, doing some good things. Uh, he's only played 12 games. And he's only played 24 minutes a game, but it still looks like a version of Clay. He's doing some really good stuff. And I think that Jamal can do some really good stuff too when he comes back. It doesn't have to be like handling him with baby gloves or whatever I'm talking, the the kid gloves. You need to take those off at some point and he'll have to get adjusted and he'll have to figure it out. But He will want to play a whole heck of a lot. And as long as he can get back to a reasonable amount of fitness by that point, then I think the sky's the limit still for what his return could look like. Porter is obviously less clear, though we did watch him today. And by golly, that guy can shoot. He, uh, he was not missing at practice today. He's just fantastic from the outside. I definitely think if I were the Nuggets that I wouldn't rush either of these guys, of course, and I certainly wouldn't rush Porter because his injury is just so ambiguous, but Michael Malone being as cagey as he was about giving a firm, proper time, he doesn't want to rush those guys back, but I do think that he can sense that it's a little bit closer than it was uh, maybe prior to the start of February. You can sense the walls breaking down a little bit with Malone on that. And he still stays stubborn. Don't get me wrong, but I do think that he's protecting his guys, making sure that they have plenty of time to recover, and it doesn't feel like it's an expectation. But I still feel pretty good for that if I were the Nuggets. Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to prepare a preview for the Celtics Raptors back-to-back that the Nuggets are about to embark on on Friday and Saturday night. We'll be right back. Back at it. Final segment, pick, action, roll. Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Real quick, wanted to preview actual basketball that's going down, that the Nuggets are going to be embarking on when they, they traveled today. Uh, probably still on a flight, honestly, going from Denver to Boston. Uh, but they're going to fly in there. They're going to get all settled. And then they're going to take their team to Boston, who has won six in a row. Uh, the Celtics are very, very good all of a sudden, eight and two in their last ten games. They're playing the best ball of the year, of their year. And Monte Morris is in concussion protocol. It was just announced today, just about like 30 minutes ago or so, that the Nuggets are in a very, very tough place. Uh, when it comes to trying to go on the road and getting some wins against some really good teams. Uh, Without Monte Morris, it's very, very... It's very, very tough. Uh, Because I definitely think... Sorry, just looking at some of this All-Star Draft stuff on Twitter. I definitely think that the Nuggets are... In a situation where they didn't want to shift their rotation around, they didn't want to have to go back to Faku after benching him. And first game after the trade deadline, the very next day, uh, it, it to me it looks like that Denver will probably be they will probably be in a position where either Bones is starting. At point guard, or Will Barton is starting a point guard, and then maybe maybe they play Austin Rivers, uh, kind of in the the shooting guard spot, or they go with Faku, or like they go with Faku as the starter, and then maybe uh, use him next to a better group, and then keep the bench unit attached. I think there's a lot of different ways that Denver can go on their end, but I do think that Boston is is perhaps the more interesting team. They made a couple moves today. Uh, That were very, very interesting. Uh, One of those was initially going to be a salary dump. uh, But the two big moves that they made, they traded Josh Richardson and Dennis Schroeder, along with, I think, a 2022 first round pick to the Spurs and to the Rockets, respectively, uh, where they get Derek White back. And Derek White was a guy I've talked about on this podcast, I've talked about on different platforms, that he is a very, very talented player. Very similar to Marcus Smart, who they also have on their roster. Both are kind of combo guardy, y uh, not necessarily point guards or shooting guards, but can do a little bit of everything. Really solid defensive players, and I have to imagine that they're going to play uh, Marcus Smart, Derek White, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Robert Williams, which if you're keeping score... That is a pretty interesting first team. That's a pretty interesting first unit. And Denver, they don't necessarily have the personnel to match up with that because that means that Jeff Green, probably guarding Jason Tatum, that is a pretty tough place for Jeff Green to be. Now, he might be fine. He might absolutely be fine. I definitely think that Denver's in a position where they could lose this one, though, because those are some really tough matchups. Aaron Gordon will probably guard Jalen Brown if that's the case. And then you've got Jeff Green on Jason Tatum. Maybe Denver decides that he wants to go or that that they want to go a little bit smaller. And maybe Jeff Green comes off the bench or something like that. And they go with Davon Reed in the starting unit. I, I very much doubt it. Michael Malone doesn't seem like he would like to adjust in that case and would rather adjust in game. But if I were Denver... Boston just blitzed Brooklyn like 28-2 to two in their last game, and they seem very capable. Boston seems like a team that's really figuring themselves out, and though it shouldn't necessarily be stressful for Nikola Jokic to be defended by Robert Williams, you're being surrounded by a lot of elite players. Uh, the one thing that I think you can give solace for for Denver is that Boston, they're going to be super shorthanded. They have like five roster spots that are currently open. And though they don't have anybody on the injury report, they have two two-way contract guys and 10 players on the main roster from what I understand. So they may have just 12 guys available, which it's not a lot. It's definitely not a lot, but they're going to try to fill out their roster. Uh, Denver. They're going to have to deal without Monte Morris in addition to obviously being without Jamal and MPJ. And that's going to be a very interesting game. Very interesting matchup for both teams. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Toronto is the other matchup. They've won seven in a row. So Denver, uh, lo and behold, they just get the two hottest teams in the NBA right now on a back to back on the road right after the trade deadline where everybody's probably stressed. So this is a tough stretch where you get. Toronto, who is now eight and two in their last ten, they are playing the best ball of their year, and they just traded Goran Dragic, who hadn't really played for them, along with a first round pick, for Thaddeus Young, who like, he hasn't really played that much for the Spurs either. But he's a player that's around six foot eight, six foot nine, athletic roller, somebody who can make some passes from the center position. He's probably going to be. In a really, really good position to be a 20 to 25 per minute a minute per game bench guy. And they already have a roster that is just fantastic. Uh, the seven players that they have, or like the eight the eight-man rotation that they have right now before Thaddeus Young is Fred Van Vliet, Gary Trent Jr., Scotty Barnes, OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, a rookie Delano Banton who's been a really good point guard for them, Chris Boucher and Precious Achua. I'd have to imagine that they're replacing Precious Achua's minutes, and they're going to play Chris Boucher as kind of a 4-5 combo next to Thad Young. And unlike Derek White, I think it might be very possible that Thaddeus Young is ready for tomorrow's game or like Saturday's game against the Nuggets, where he can just go out there and play. Now, it might not be the case. They might decide that they want to hold out, but I do think the Nuggets are going to be in a situation where in both of these games, the matchups are going to be such an issue. In this one, the question is, who does Nikola Jokic defend? Because in the previous uh, thing, I think you could definitely say Robert Williams, that's the guy that you, you put Jokic on. Definitely not a lot of questions there. If they go big and play Al Horford, then you play Jokic on Al Horford and you feel okay about it. But for the Raptors, who do you have Jokic defend? Is it Pascal Siakam, who's playing center? Is it OG Ananobi? Is it the rookie Scotty Barnes? Like, all of those guys are going to be fantastic. And I really do think that Denver could be in a situation where they get blown out in that game. Second night of a back to back, really tough situation. I'd be very, very surprised if Denver won that game. and We're just going to have to see. Uh, Jokic will also have some matchup advantages, and they'll probably play some junk defenses against him, like a box and one or their front and the post and basically double team him the entire night. But it's going to be tough. I do think that Denver would be lucky to go one and one on this road trip. If they get one win, they should feel fine. You just get the other two uh, before the all-star break. And you feel pretty good going into it. Uh, But for now, that's all I really got. I think that this Nuggets team probably had an opportunity to get better that they decided that they didn't want to go with, that other teams may have backed out of a deal. And it's tough. It's disappointing. You hate to be in that position. But I do think that the Nuggets – If they get Jamal Murray and Michael Porter back, brighter days are obviously ahead, and you still get the sense that they feel like those guys can return. Michael Malone was asked about it today, and he didn't outright deny it. That's for sure. That'll do it for this episode of Pick, Action, Roll, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook America's top-rated sportsbook app. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Really appreciate all the love and support. I will be back tomorrow night after the Nuggets play the Boston Celtics. We will see what happens in that one. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. We'll talk to you guys very soon.